I was at my grandma's house and I asked her like, what should I draw? And she just told me, draw something that you love. And that kind of like sparked something in my head because it really made me think about the two things that I loved at that time, the brontosaurus dinosaur and women. And, you know, I love the brontosaurus dinosaur because their necks were so beautiful and long and elegant and stunning. And then I just love women and being a woman and being around amazing, powerful women like my mom and my grandmom. So, you know, those two things really inspired me. And, you know, I kind of put the two together and I made them and I called them Lawneckies. And the funny story about Lawneckies, the name, is actually based off of the Brontosaurus dinosaur because I did not know what to call it at the time. And I thought, <laughs> Lawneckies. So I just called them that. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Crypto, the podcast exploring all things entertainment and Web3. I'm your host, Stephen Ladden, and this week our guest is 13-year-old digital artist Nyla Hayes. In this episode, Nyla talks about what it's like to be Time Magazine's first ever artist-in-residence, the inspiration behind her wildly popular Long Necky Ladies collection, and how her family serves as both some of her greatest creative inspirations and sources of support. Let's dive in. Nyla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. For sure. Well, excited to to, to chat with you. I know uh, already in in your uh, young career, you've accomplished so much. Uh, you know, time artist uh, for the first one. I mean, what was your first? To, like, we'll get there. But what was the first? sort of exposure that you had to art and, and, and how did you initially decide to pursue it? Yeah. So I'm actually from Philadelphia and when I was younger, we really, the school system around us, it was not the best. And my family, we decided, basically my mom decided that, you know, maybe we should be homeschooled and that's what we did. And I remember when I was younger, I was really, really into, you know, arts and crafts and anything creative, basically. Anything that I could do with my, with art or anything that was, well, I was able to basically express myself. And um, basically, when I was younger, the two things that I loved, it was dance and then it was art. And... I'm super happy for this, but my mom and my dad, they both were very, you know, supportive of me. And at that time I wanted to be a ballerina <laughs> and they, they basically allowed that. And I took classes for it and it, it was good for the time being, but, uh, the place sadly shut down and then we couldn't, um, pay for the classes anymore. So. We went ahead and, um, you know, we couldn't do it anymore, but it was okay. You know, I was a bit upset about it at the time because I didn't know why that happened. I just knew that I was stopping my classes because I was like five at the time. Sure. <laughs> but I was, um, you know, a bit depressed at the time and I really wanted something to kind of express my emotions through, basically. And I remember, you know, art was a good way for me to cope through that time period. And, you know, that feeling of, you know, just letting your emotions out for me, it was always really big. And that's kind of what made me, you know, fall in love with art at a young age. Wow. So it was sort of a, as you're saying, an outlet for those perhaps bigger emotions and would you say that a, a, a way to cope and, and make sense of them? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I always been introverted and I always been kind of the awkward type of kid. And I really never knew how to express my emotions or talk to people or do anything of that sort. But art and fashion and dancing, they all were ways for me to express my emotions and I always use things of that sort to kind of, you know, tell how I feel. And, mm. you know, art was a great way for me personally. It made me feel alive in some way. You know, 
I felt heard. And that's a really big part for a kid, you know, that feel like they're being heard. So yeah, art was a big, big factor in that for me. Well, and I think what you're touching on too is, is something that, I mean, young, young folks, but also adults too. I mean, being heard is such a, Mm -hmm. we all have that innate desire in some way. And to have that be a way in which it made that it sounds like easier is is super cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I'm really grateful for being exposed to something that amazing at a young age. I'm really happy that my mom, you know, exposed me and my brother to creativity and letting our imagination going wild, basically. I'm very, very happy about that. Now mm-hmm. As 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 you got you know more involved with art in that way and exposing your creativity and using it as a means to you know handle these these larger emotions, was there a moment or an experience along that path where the line started to blur and it was like, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm actually I might be onto something here, you know? Yeah. Um. So around the ages of I guess you could say around nine. That's kind of when I knew that I wanted to become an artist and do this full time. And, you know, before it was more of a coping method, but after a while, I really just appreciated it in my life, basically. Like, having art in my life was a very big thing for me. And I have to thank my grandfather for this because he kind of exposed me to artists that were quite amazing to me, like Frida Kahlo and uh, Picasso and so many more. But Frida really like caught my eye at, when I was younger. And, you know, her artwork, it always told a story to it. It had really deep meaning to it. And that's what I really loved about it. And, you know, as an artist now, but I wanted to kind of, you know, express myself in that way, like how she did. So I knew um, that my art, I wanted to make it more in-depth and powerful because before I was just making art just to make it basically, but I wanted it to have a really big meaning. And I remember I was around, yeah, like nine, and I that's when I got my first phone. And it was a funny story, actually. Um, so I've been wanting a phone since I was six but my parents were a bit young. <laughs> and then I asked again at nine. They still thought I was a bit young, but I tricked them because I was drawing every single day and was paper everywhere. So I went ahead and told them, you know, if I get this phone, you won't have to be picking up all this paper. And they bought it. <laughs> it was really cool experience in that way. But, you know, um, after that, I really knew that I wanted to do something really different. Like I, like I was saying, um, you know, art, I wanted it to have a meaning to me. So I remember I was at my grandma's house and I asked her, like, what should I draw? And she just told me, draw something that you love. And that kind of like sparked something in my head because it really made me think about the two things that I loved at that time. The brontosaurus dinosaur and women. And, you know, I love the brontosaurus dinosaur because their necks were so beautiful and long and elegant and stunning. And then I just love women and being a woman and being around amazing, powerful women like my mom and my grandmom. So, you know, those two things really inspired me. And, you know, I kind of put the two together and I made them and I called them Walnickies. And... The funny story about Lawnecky is the name is actually based off of the Brontosaurus dinosaur because I did not know what to call it at the time. And I thought <laughs> Lawneckies. So I just called them that. And, you know, after that, you know, I they kind of turned into my friends because I kept making them and making them and it felt like they had a part of me. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where I turned my artistic journey other than into therapy more for me but into you know a path in that way hmm. 
And it sounds like then the path, though, as it evolved from sort of, as we talk about coping with, with larger emotions, evolved into just fun. And, and you yeah. kind of identifying the things that you really, you know, uh, your grandma's uh, sort of uh, in, inspiring comment, you know, figure, well, what, what makes, what brings me joy? What am I inspired by? And then took that, applied it into action and, you know, had success from there. That's true. You know, with my artwork, you know, I really did want it to have a meaning. And after a while, the meaning for me personally, it was the feeling of not being alone and the feeling of being surrounded by people who love you and care for mm. you and respect you for who you are as a person, no matter what you like, what you don't like, how you act, if you're shy or outgoing, no matter what. And that's kind of what my lawnmaki symbolized to me. And that's why I made women f f like out the world, basically. And, you know, that's kind of what my lawnmaki symbolized to me at, this, at, that, at that time. <laughs> and do you think that that same resonance is felt by the people who admire your work, collect your work? You know, is that, is that, do you think, one of the, certainly not the only way in which people could relate, but do you think that's a main way in which other, other folks are, are kind of experiencing your art as well? You know, the good thing about art is everyone feels something different from it. And I think everyone feels something different from my artwork. I think, you know, some people, they feel like, wow, this one looks like me, or this one looks like my sister, or something of that sort. And it reminds them of a person in their life. Or some people, it reminds them as a time period in their life, like, wow, this reminds me when I was like 10 or something. Or it reminds me of my friend when she was like 10 or blah, blah, blah. So I think it reminds people of something special to them. And I really appreciate, appreciate that from, from my lawn Nikes because, you know, the gift of making people feel something is already amazing enough. So mm. with my lawn Nikes, um, I think people feel all different types of emotions from them. Yeah. And do you think there's something specific, whether it was the process by which you came across to make the long neckies or as you as you're saying, the way in which people might see other people that they can relate to in them? Is there something about that specific part of your or collection of your art that had them stand out? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think with my art, it's a bit like the feeling of what I was trying to do at the time frame was just express my emotions. And mm -hmm. I think my emotions at that time frame reaches people, but it can reach a person in a different way than what my emotions were attending. So what I what I mean by that is someone could see something happy about my lawn Nikes when I was feeling sad or something timid mm. or something of that sort. And I think the cool thing about art in just in general is you feel something different than everyone else most of the time. And that's one of the cool things about my lawn Nike ladies. And most of my collectors have said this to me, like I felt this way about it, but I felt this way about it. So I think in that way, that was a big, big thing for me when I was creating my Lonicky Ladies, for everyone to feel something individually different. But yeah. Mm. Got you. And was there a, a first sort of experience that you'd had with either, say, a family member or a friend or, or someone from the outside who kind of gave you that encouragement that, hey, th this is, uh, uh, focusing on this, honing in on the Longneckies actually is this is bigger than just, you know, one or two pieces. This could be a really big thing. Yeah. So um, my immediate family did, my ascended family did, but, you know, mostly my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, especially my papa and my mama, they're, they were one of the biggest supporters of me. <laughs> they helped me through my artistic journey a lot because, 
my papa, he's very artistic. He loves all different types of art. He loves cooking. He loves anything creative. So I come from a creative family in that way. And when he saw my lawn Nikes, he fell in love with them. So ever since that time frame, um, he's just been helping me with them. You know, he helped me basically like figure out, you know, like, well, actually my grandma, she helped me figure out like what a signature was. Cause when I first started doing art, um, I didn't know what a signature was at all. I was just mm -hmm. really new to it. And she helped me figure out like, you should mark this because it tells you it's yours and things of that nature. So they always have been helpful and very supportive of my artwork. And, you know, they always try to like put my art out there. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, I was super nervous to put my art out there and I didn't know what to do with my art at all. But then again, I also knew that I wanted to do something with my art. So, you know, we try to figure out different ways, like maybe go to a flea market or something like that. But, you know, we never came around it. And luckily, thanks to my amazing uncle, he helped me and he texted my mom about NFTs and basically told her about it and said, maybe, you know, Nyla could try this out and see if her art can be on there. And... You know, we looked into it. We looked into what an NFT was because we knew nothing about it. And, you know, we looked into it and we figured out, like, what an NFT was, how to mint an NFT, blah, blah, blah. All the good stuff. And, right. um, you know, my artistic, like, journey throughout it, I always wanted to do something with the art. So I was looking at it and I was like, okay, well, if I could put my art out there, let's try it. And that's what we did. And that's kind of also how we got into, you know, NFT space. So. Yeah. It sounds like it was the sort of the perfect, sounds like the timing aligned, but then it was also sort of the, the right avenue, given that you were saying you wanted to put it out there, you weren't sure how to do it and what made the most sense. And so it sounds like it, all of those things converged to then have NFTs be, hey, this could be a, a potential viable uh, outlet. And clearly it was. <laughs> it really was. So it seems like at the at the core of sort of your artistic journey, your your family is sort of kind of right in the epicenter. And do you think, and what's also really neat is to hear that they're still very much involved today. So do you think that they're an integral part of sort of your progression from having art be an emotional outlet to understanding, oh, hey, I'm going to continue to express myself, but maybe channel it in a more specific direction and then finding the ultimate uh, specific lane with the long neckies at the moment? You know, do you think that it's kind of hand in hand with their support and guidance and, and everything like that? Yeah, I do. I think. Um... You know, my whole family is very supportive, and they've been very supportive of me since day one. And I think when I did start doing art, you know, they were very happy about it and, you know, excited. But, you know, when I was first got into, you know, the NFT space, like, it was a big change for them, I would say. I mean, not my, like, mom or dad, but, like, my other fam my other family members they were a bit taken aback by it but you know when i first got into the space i actually was introduced by my uncle who told my mom about nfts and basically like what an nft was and all the well basically actually asked told her about um nfts and then we looked into like what an nft was and things of that nature but you know um we were very new to the space. We didn't know like what to do. And even though, you know, we just were trying to put my art out there because, you know, I was just, you know, wanting to become an artist. And I thought if you put your art out there, you'll become an artist. <laughs> I never knew like, you know, people will buy my art. I thought maybe, you know, a couple people would see it and they'd be like, oh, that looks nice. But Never expected it to be, you know, to the point that it came to be. And, you know, throughout that journey, my family, they were very supportive of that. But, 
they also were like worried a bit about the NFT space because you know when your family member someone that you love is trying something that's like out of norms mm. it can be a little nerve-wracking for them but you know it turned it turned out good at the end and now they're on board with the NFT ride but in the beginning it was a bit shaky <laughs> Well, and I think what you're saying too echoes how a lot of people new to the space kind of perceive it. And there is a lot of speculation about it. And, you know, hopefully your journey and story can help uh, showcase the, the positive sides of things. But yeah, that, that apprehension, uh, certainly too, in something as uh, ambiguous as NFTs to some, it, it, it makes sense. Do you think uh, on that tip, that because it's one thing as you're saying to to venture into new territory you know that in itself would raise eyebrows to, so that's completely you know make, makes a lot of sense do you think that compounding things was the fact that nfts had sort of you know you could hear horror stories about them and and scams and all that stuff do you think that was also part of the initial hesitancy you know to to yeah. get involved or i mean if you really if like if you were outside looking in and if you looked up like what an nft was like on the main thing you would pop up like how i got stand by nfts and blah 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 so first for someone who's just like looking it out basically or looking trying to see like what an nft was you know it's going to be kind of nerve-wracking for them but you know, my grandparents are not really tech. They're not really like technical people. They're still trying to get on social media, so that kind of scares them a bit. But I think I think they were just a bit scared because, um, you know, it's a it's not just like Web two. They're kind of used to that. It's Web three. There's something different, something new to to the public, basically. So anything new is always going to be people who are a bit scared of it. There's always going to be people who are going to try to jump into it. And I think in the beginning, they were just a little hesitant because, you know, it's such a new thing and they didn't want us, you know, get hurt or Sam because they heard bad things about it. But, you know, after this web free space, I mean, being inside the web free space and kind of like telling them about it, their emotions behind web free is more positive now. And... Mm -hmm. You know, seeing, you know, somewhat of my success from, you know, Web3, they're very, like, okay with it now. Like, they're not, it doesn't leave a bad taste in their tongue. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, completely, completely. And and again, hopefully uh, your journey can, can kind of provide a beacon of a bright spot of, of hey, here's, here's where this... Uh, this expanding new world can can take us. Um, on that tip, what what was it like to then be named Times Artist in Residence? You know, the very first, if I have my facts right. You're right. Um, it was amazing. I have to tell a little story about like how I even got introduced to Time Magazine because it was a crazy experience. <laughs> so. Um, I already started my PFP project, Well Nike Ladies, that I'm mm -hmm. mostly known for. And the funniest thing happened. So the day of the drop, um, I we were in clubhouse rooms for like hours on end because at the time clubhouse was pretty popular. So that's kind of how we used to like sell our drops or whatnot. And we were on clubhouse for like hours and um, our good friend, John Knopf, he was in and out of the room and, you know, he said that the president of Time Magazine, Keith Grossman, was hosting a clubhouse room and he wanted us to join. And the funniest thing was the reason why he wanted us to join, because in the audience, it was like a bunch of PFPs with my little ladies on it. And he was like, what are these things? <laughs> and... We joined the room, we introduced ourselves, me and my mom, and we basically told him like what a what was the Lonicky Ladies about and my story. And basically after that, you know, he loved it and we kept in touch. And 
you know, like a month later, we went ahead and on a Zoom call and he asked us like, um, well, he was pitching us about um, the day of the gal and times 100 women of the year. And he wanted to do something, but he didn't know what to do yet. And he wanted to do something with us, but, you know, he didn't have all the information. So I was excited because obviously I would love to do something with Time Magazine. And, you know, it's a cool opportunity. So I looked into it, like, I looked into it to see if they had an article about, like, you know, Times 100 Women year and it actually did and I looked into it and I saw there were a bunch of like iconic women throughout history and I saw Frida Kahlo on there and I seen Lucille Ball and I seen Beyonce and I seen Marilyn Monroe and so many amazing like iconic women but when I seen Frida Kahlo it was like I had to do it because he had a big inspiration in my artistic um, journey. So it was like a turning point for me. Like, I have to do this. So I just started drawing and I started sending it to Keith multiple, multiple times. And I think I sent it so much that he couldn't say no. So <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he, yeah, he, it was just, you made, you made the decision easy for him. Mm -hmm, I did. <laughs> and, you know, after that, um, it was just like a dream, basically. I Before I knew it, it was like I was Time First Artist in Residence, and I was making Times 100 Women of the Year, Lonecki Times 100 Women of the Year. So, you know, it was a really amazing and big experience for me personally, but also it was a really big experience for my family as well because, you know, always very supportive of me and whatnot, but getting in the web free, a bit nervous, but then seeing that I got to do a deal with, you know, with Time Magazine, they were excited, like extremely. So, yeah, mm. it's a big thing for, you know, all of us, really. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Uh, you mentioned Frida now a couple times. And <laughs> as her being an influence to you early on artistically, and then also now as as sort of one of the the motivations to go forward with with time how how pivotal is she as far as an influence goes you know creatively uh in terms of motivation and is she i know you mentioned picasso too is would you say she's the 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 main one main influence mm -hmm. or do you have uh, a few others as well artistically i mean i do have a few others but they're not really artists they're more like role models and how i want to be in my life, but Frida Kahlo, you know, her artwork, like I said before, you know, her artwork really tells a really in deep story. And it's really sad actually, but you know, it's some type, I love that she kind of expresses her emotions through her artwork, but also she makes it into this like beautiful, elegant thing that she just like, I, I don't even know how the word is. It's just amazing to me. And, you know, if I could talk to her, I would just want to ask her, like, what were you thinking during this process? Like, this was amazing. Like, the symbols that she uses during her um, artwork, it's just amazing. And, you know, the colors, and colors actually has a really big part in her artwork. And I think she said that before, too, that certain colors actually mean like certain feelings. And I try to use that a lot in my artwork because that sticks with me a lot. Mm. You know, she's just always been a really big role model as an artist towards me. But, you know, another role model in my life is probably going to have to be my mom. You know, as a person, you know, how she handles things, how she handles business. She's very, you know, professional with it, but she's also has a sweetheart and in business you can be kind of cutthroat sometimes so trying to keep that in me I want to be like my mother in that way <laughs> also I want to be my, in my like my mother and my grandmother and the way of being this loving warm person that you feel comfortable to open up to the most important thing for artists I think is someone you feel safe to to open your artwork or open your emotions to. And 
you know, my mom and my grandma is kind of like my safety blanket, I like to call it. Hmm. So, you know, those type of people really inspired me throughout my lifetime. Wow. And, and yeah, it, it's a, uh, I think it's, it's hard to, you can't underscore what you're saying in terms of safety there, because mm-hmm. it, it can be creating anything, uh, art or, or writing or, you know, painting, uh, I guess all of those can be <laughs> under the same uh, artistic umbrella, but it's like you're, it's so much easier to do with that safety net of supportive people. And, you know, what a blessing to have, as you're saying, uh, those folks in your life. And certainly, as you're, you just mentioned, to have those be tangible, inspiring people uh, across the board, one, you know, mm-hmm. both in your physical uh, present life and then throughout history. So, that that's really cool yeah it's amazing you know those you really need inspiration especially when you're growing up you need someone that you want to be or strive to be or strive to have some type of quality as that person and i'm really grateful that i was able to have you know my mom and my grandma as my role models and personality wise but also having an artist to look up to as well. That's really big, I think, for certain artists to be inspired by other artists because you can learn from them so much. And, you know, I think Frida Kahlo is a great person to learn from for almost all of us, really. You know, the way she expresses herself through her artwork and how detailed it is, it's absolutely amazing. So I think, you know, having these powerful people in your life these powerful pillars is really big for a young person or anyone really but yeah (laughs) and and just at a you know uh, on that tip if someone didn't have that support system or perhaps had had trouble deciphering who in their life kind of fit that that mold what would you say to someone, you know, an aspiring artist who is looking for their, you know, their, the, their, mm-hmm. their Frida and their, you know, respective for your mom and grandma, you know, how, how can someone find that through their own pursuits if it's not so blatantly available? Hmm. Well, I think everyone would try to find it differently, but my advice probably would be is make your own, <laughs> make your own hero, basically. You mm. could be through your artwork or you can make a character in your mind that you strive to be. I think for myself personally, you know, for my art, I have all these emotions and I made them into friends. So I'm pretty sure you can make your emotions into the person you want to be or that character or that's someone that you want to strive to, you know, look for when you're feeling down or, you know, happy. Create that person, you know. So I think just creating and using that creative ability, ability that you have already to make that thing that you want or need, you should try that. Yeah. Which is really neat because essentially what you're talking about is self-love. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's taking that same concept of filling your own cup, but applying it to, in this case, artistic inspirations, which is really neat as well. Yeah. You know, self-love is a really important thing. And, you know, through my life, I really had to help myself learn self-love. And I think with my art, it actually healed, helped me in that way, actually. Mm. You know, growing up, I always been like the weird kids, so to say, or someone that like no one really wanted to hang out with. And, you know, that really turned like basically teared me down. And, you know, I looked for, like, someone to accept me for, you know, who I am. And no one did, so my artwork did, you know? And I think that kind of started to build that love that I needed during that time. And, you know, I think now that I can actually, you know, I would say I love myself now that I actually can, you know, have friends that I know that are worthy other than friends who just want to hang out with me, but treat me like, like garbage. 
Mm-hmm. So things like that, you know, um, that's a really important thing. So self-love is really important and we should not keep take that for granted. Yeah. And I think to hear you say all of that, you, you know, it's a lesson that, I mean, uh, myself, uh, a couple moons, uh, older, you know, has <laughs> it's, it, it's a, it's a, to learn that now I think is really powerful and inspirational and is something that, you know, it, it would be awesome if more folks on a global scale could come to the realization that you just did, uh, here. I mean, obviously you've had it before our conversation, but I'm saying it, I wonder what the world would look like if that mentality was both adopted and accepted through art, through people, you know, it's, it would be a very different, not to get too lofty here, but, uh, you know, it's a different way. It's a different way of living. And I imagine a different way of creating as well. Yeah, it is. You know, if the whole world was like that, it would be like sunshine and rainbows. But, <laughs> but you know, it is a really big part of my you know artistic journey. You know, self love is a really really big thing. That even if you don't have it now, you know, that should be a goal for twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on that tip, you know, long term goals, short term goals. What mm-hmm. what's on the horizon for you, uh, both in the short and long-term future? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I don't like to say that I can predict the future, but what I will say is that I have a lot of big goals that I want to do for my IP Mm -hmm. and hopefully going forward, I can make my own Lone Lucky world maybe one day, maybe in the metaverse or somewhere else, who knows, but you know, um, I really want to kind of put my art out there to the world. That's what I always wanted to since I was younger. I said, well, I really want to put my art out to the world. And then I started going into NFTs. And that was like a way for me to, to put my art out to the world, I call it. And, you know, I really do want to put my art out to the world. So I want to show it in different ways maybe who knows like books worlds anything of that sort you know i don't know but i just want my art to be out there and be an inspiration for many people so that's my goal but short-term goals now i really want to you know give back this year and that's why me and my mom were working really hard so we can give back to you know kids in need and also giving back to homeless people and charities and whatnot. So that's our goal for 2023. I I keep getting it mixed up with 2020. I still feel like, <laughs> like 2020. Uh, yeah, the the the, the years kind of uh, timing is all 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 on its head from from that uh, point forward. So totally totally get it. Well, that that's neat. And do you th- do you anticipate? Uh, incorporating web three into any of the ways in which you're planning to give back? Yeah, I think we have a close connection with the women in our web three community as well. And I think this year I really want to give back to them for supporting us. Well, you know, our community is filled with so many different people throughout the world. And this year I really want to, you know, give back to them and also, you know, give back to others around me. So that's my big goal this year, just giving, giving, giving. But also, you know, in Web3, I do hope to do something really cool with my art. You know, I might, I would love to have a metaverse well-naked world maybe one day or something of that sort. So I'm working on that. But right now it's really about giving back to my community. Understood. And in terms of the long-naked world, it sounds like, as you mentioned before, that you're, some of these pieces, some of these characters have become your friends. That seems well poised to translate to a long Nikki world where the, for, the ground is, is, is fertile with characters of your own creation already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So with my long Nikki world, I can't tell too much about it because I'm still in the works of it. But mm-hmm. 
What I will say is my Lanahis, my Lanahi ladies, my Lanahi fellas, and my Lanahi kids, they're a big part of me now. And I want in the Lanahi world that them they will have a big they'll be like those pillars that I was talking about basically. Like my Frida or my mom or my or my grandmom. So basically my Lonaki ladies will be a big pillar in that world for the Lonaki kids. And and something that I am working on right now that I can't say, but something really, really cool that I love is based off of my original inspiration, the Brontosaurus. That's all I can say. But, okay. yep. So basically in this world, it will be a world filled with love and acceptance and the teaching and the principles will be based off of that. And, Mm. you know, that's what this world really needs right now, to be honest with you, love and community. And I think that's a big thing that web free offered in the beginning. And that's why I really love the space. And I said, I wanted to become an artist in web free in the web free space. So I think my lonely world will have something to do around that, but I can't tell too much about it. <laughs> totally, totally get it. Uh, well, maybe you can talk a little bit about and, and appreciate you sharing it, it, the your thoughts on the future of just Web three in general. You, you mentioned that you got into the space, obviously, to share your art and and also uh, join that community. Do you think that? the future is ripe and is being positioned to continue spreading those messages of love and, and community and building on, you know, you know, taking the small communal feel, but expanding it out globally. I think so. You know, with web free, well, actually I want to say this, I cannot predict the future sadly, but <laughs> <laughs> I do think web free is going to say it's like other social medias. I think it will say, you know, is what this technology in general, it will, is here to say, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. And with Web3, I think Web3 is here to say, I think Web3 is going to keep revolving throughout the years. And it might not be the same form it is right now, but I think it will be the similar in the way of how community is. Mm-hmm. I think community will still be a big big thing in Web3 because that was basically what the capitalized on, you know, having a great community. And I think in Web3 space, basically, it will change throughout the years, like almost all early, you know, so social, but, you know, I think community will always stay in, in the Web3 space. And, and on that tip, is it sort of like art in that sense that art will continue to evolve in the web three space, but it's at the end of the day, digital or canvas or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's art is art. So do you, do you kind of see that parallel happening as well? And that as web three continues to evolve, so too will the ways in which community can be built around art and the way in which art can be created will so too evolve as well. I think with art, you know, I think artists, they don't like to be limited with anything. So I think the community will grow in different art forms. But also, you know, I think physical art is still going to be here because it's been here for years and years of like as a staple piece, basically. And, you know, some people, they'll love doing physical art. Some people like digital art. And as an artist, I think it's like no right or wrong, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable and whatever is your niche, then you should go to it basically. And I think in the web free space, you know, there's still going to be a traditional artist. I think there's still going to be digital artists, but who knows? It might be a totally different art that hasn't even came out yet. And mm. I think web free will have a big part in that. So yeah, I think art is always going to be a really big pillar in the web free space. So, of course, it's going to keep evolving during that time. Right. And and it will be interesting to see as you mentioned it, the the how that relationship between art and community continues to evolve. And particularly now, we're seeing just how intertwined those two entities are, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the really cool thing about Web3, but I liked it, that, you know, it's kind of a way for you to express yourself. You know, I'm really big on my emotions and expressing myself throughout any way, shape, or form. But, you know, for artists especially, I think this was a great, great platform for, you know, artists to express themselves and, you know, feel kind of, like, heard, basically. I think this is, like, one of the first times in history that, you know, you were feeling heard and you can sell your art without, you know, you being dead or you have to wait, like, till you're a certain age, you know? It's, like, unlimited. And I think that's the really cool thing about, you know, the web free space in that way. Yeah. And to tie that back into, I mean, you mentioned that earlier at the at the start, you know, that feeling heard and, and the importance of that for kids and, and adults alike and and how it it's giving people a chance to be heard in a way that perhaps otherwise wouldn't have existed, as you mentioned, through time or, or you know, a lot of other mm-hmm. external, it takes the external factors out of the equation and allows you to connect with people who are on similar wavelengths or similar mindsets or, you know, value the same thing. So that's yeah. also pretty neat hearing you say that in the sense that earlier on you mentioned feeling sort of like you couldn't relate to certain folks and now you have a community who are relating to you around your art which is kind of bringing it full circle yep it is and you know with my community i'm just really grateful for them honestly even when i first started you know that was the whole big thing that i was nervous about because i was 12 when i first started and i was like are they going to bully me for being like a a kid or something? (laughs) I don't know. But um, no, they were really supportive. They were really, really nice. And I was kind of taken aback because I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. And, you know, they were surprisingly very supportive of my art style too. You know, I was worried because I didn't know if anyone was like thinking my art was unique or weird or something in that way. But, you know, it, they thought it was cool, and I was happy about that. So, you know, in the beginning, it was really, really big for me to have, um, you know, that welcoming support, and they really gave that to me. So, yeah. And would you say the combination of the welcoming support and your family, and then the cor- corresponding reaction to your art is is what kind of helped fuel the continuation of you on this path or another way of phrasing this or the question there is what are the pillars you mentioned family that have furthered your, that, that have helped you lean into yourself and and continue doing what you're doing? Mm, That's a really hard question. I mean, can I really even reduce it down to two? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I would have to say, you know, at, for people-wise, you know, my mom, she has to be number one. She's always been that pillar that I needed, you know. She's the person that I trust the most in my life, I would say. And, you know, when I'm down or when I don't feel, like, confident about my art, because, you know, artists, they go through that too. Sometimes they don't feel like their art is completely good or something's missing or blah, 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 you know, things of that nature. You know, she's always there to reassure me and basically, you know, give me through whatever I'm feeling. And that's a really, really big thing for artists. And, you know, I'm just really happy for that. But then also, um, I guess the second pillar in my life would be my grandfather. Like I said, you know, he has always like, been very supportive of me and you know through my art journey he's been like helping every step of the way with even just giving me like you know encouraging messages like messages (laughs) i can't (laughs) (laughs) but you know he's just really been um you know very very supportive and always like giving me helpful feedback on like things that i need so you know, those two people are really big pillars in my life, but my whole family in general, it really, 
really supportive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, at the end of the day, the family support is a strong contributor to you following your artistic path and then also the success that's come with that. Well, yes, it is. But also, you know, as an artist, you have to have this feeling as like you can't be pressured or you have to actually want to do it. So I think also, you know, my law Nike ladies and my law Nikes in general, they all have meaning to me. So I keep wanting to make more and more because it has this certain feeling that I get from it. And art in general, really, it just makes me feel like I can express myself through anything that I'm going through. And I think that's kind of why I fell in love with it, you know, plus the support of my family. But, you know, having a true love for something, that's really what makes you keep wanting to go and drop and basically drives you to go for it. Got it. So in the in the same way that uh, a musician has to get up on stage and perform, and a comedian you know needs to have mm-hmm. that experience with the crowd, you're saying the experience of expressing yourself through your art is sort of the thing you you can't live without. Yes. Right on. Uh, well, Nyla, uh, this has been a really awesome conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Where where can people find you if they're uh, Curious about the long necky ladies or, you know, your art in general? Yeah. So you can find me on my Instagram and you also can find me on my Twitter. And my Instagram is Nyla Collection underscore NFT. And then my Twitter is just Nyla Collection. If you guys just want to support me, you guys can just go ahead and watch me on my journey through, you know, my socials, but also we do have a um discord as well so i believe that's our lnl discord so yeah awesome digital artist nyla hayes thank you so much thank you for having me (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of lights camera crypto a podcast produced by matt bogart and essential media music by brian duncan and kareem imes if you enjoyed this experience be sure to rate and subscribe to our show and to follow at Sladen and at Decentral Media for additional content.